So Vipana then is means recitation, 23 years of Muhammad's revelations, and very important, arranged from the longest chapter except chapter one to the shortest last. Now, we'll come to the point of seeing that it's broken down into different times that he wrote them as well, some in Medina and some in Mecca, okay? The Mecca ones obviously are the first, because he was in Mecca and then went to Medina. The Medina ones are the last, okay? So they believe then, the Muslim believes that the Quran is infallible, an exact copy of the original in heaven, and what they will state is they believe that the original Injil, the Gospels, the original Torah, uh, and uh, the uh, writings of David, uh, and uh, so they would say were all were correct and infallible, but the Jews and Christians changed them, and so they messed it up, so God came and sent the Quran to get everybody straightened out 600 years after the Bible was written. Okay? Now we know that, uh, to refresh our memories, Muhammad began to go into caves around Mecca about age 40, and again I'll mention, this is not uncommon. One day he was confronted with a spirit who identified himself as Gabriel. Okay? Now, at this point, Muhammad thought he was demon-possessed. By the way, I would agree. Okay? He planned to kill himself, but the spirit stopped him, said, I am Gabriel, you are a prophet. So he tells Khadija, his wife, first wife, who also claimed, said, don't worry, you're not a demon-possessed individual. And he thought he might be a poet, but poets, they thought, might be under demonic impression as well. Uh, but you are a true prophet, and uh, the episode that occurred at first, this spirit commanded Muhammad to recite three times, squeezed him till he couldn't breathe. Uh, Muhammad each time said, I can't read, I don't know how to read. And then uh, the spirit being uh, Gabriel, uh, Jibril, uh, recited uh, the first five verses or so uh, of, I believe, Surah 96. Okay, now the visions were accompanied by sweating. He would, usually, he would go unconscious, he would foam, he would roar like a camel. I don't know how a camel rolls, roars, I've never personally heard a camel roar. He would sometimes hear bells and other sounds, and then he would be able to recite, and the visions were unpredictable. So he had a vision, then for three years he had no visions, and again he started to feel suicidal, uh, and even his wife said, has Allah left you? What's going on? No visions. And then the visions returned. So followers would listen to what he said, grab anything that was nearby and write on it, or <coughs> if they couldn't find anything to write, they would memorize what he had to say uh, and then write it down later. And then these reciters would 
recite it to followers. So things were written on leaves apparently, the scapula of a uh, camel. Hadn't thought about the fact that camels have scapulas, but they do apparently. Nice flat surface if you've ever looked at a scapula. Uh, it is in poetic form and it is quite striking, especially read by an experienced reader. Now, I would say, when I listen to them, I would not even call it reading. I would call it singing. Now, I think I have a, uh, I think I have a clip. If not, I'll try and put in a clip of someone very experienced reading the Quran, and they appreciate the fact that someone can do it well. I don't know if any of you have ever listened to uh, Alexander Skurby, who read the Bible. You know, they said, oh, he has beautiful diction and he speaks clearly and so forth. Well, readers of Quran makes a big difference if the person really understands how to say it properly. Now, the Quran is very striking. Uh, interestingly, uh, one fellow uh, said there were a number of grammatical errors in, this, in uh, the Arabic. And he recorded these and wrote these and put them in a book. And he left instructions that the book was to be published after he died. Interesting. Uh, likes to keep his head on, I would think. Okay. Apparently there were about 200 or so what he would call uh, grammatical errors in them. I mentioned before that one of the scribes, I believe his name is Abdullah, uh, rejected Islam and the reason he did is he said, you know, I think this would sound better if we did this. Let's put the ending this way. What do you think? And Muhammad said, yeah, I think that's better. He said, so then he thought about it. And after a while, he said, wait a minute. If these are the inspired words of Allah that are coming directly from heaven and a perfect copy, and Muhammad can let me change them, something doesn't add up. Something's wrong. So he left Islam, discouraged. Well, you don't leave Islam without problems. And so he went back to, or stayed in, I should say, stayed in Mecca. And remember the last time that Muhammad went back to Mecca and made his trip and so forth, and he said, we're coming peacefully. I think 13 people died during that time, including two girls that made a satirical uh, play of him. But one of them was that reviser of the, uh, the scribe here. So that's the story here. Okay. So most of now the writings are going to go in, in fact this is rather this is not a, a very profound statement. Since Muhammad lived in Mecca and then went directly to Medina, it would appear that both of them would appear in one of two periods, either in Mecca or Medina, since there was almost no time in between. Uh, so I think about it, that wasn't very smart to say. But the Meccan period was when he was talking about religion and idolatry and reform. 
These are the shorter verses. Okay? Where will those verses end up then in the Quran? In the front or in the back? Remember he started with a longer first? So they're actually going to end up in the back. Okay? When were they written? The first or the end? They're written at the first, but they're placed in the back because it was sorted out by length. And these were the shorter ones. The really long ones that he wrote uh, later on tended to be from Medina. And some people will actually break down the time that he wrote in Mecca into the first five years and the next uh, looks like uh, seven years or so. Okay, they broke them down into that period of time. Uh, okay. In Mecca 1, Allah and his rule, Mecca 2 was doctrine, some from the Pentateuch, and they declared Islam is the only true religion. Government, ethics, and jihad come in the time of Medina. Now, it's important to understand the time sequence because you're going to see something very interesting in just a couple of minutes. Okay? So the longer writings of the Medina pre period, they had the politics, they had the fighting, and the history of the fighting. Now, the, there are a lot of conflicts in the Quran. Things that says one place are said, the opposite is said somewhere else. So what do you do? If it's an exact copy of God, do you throw it out? Say, this is wrong. Or what do you do? You have the law of abrogation. Abrogation, you abrogate something, means you're taking one thing out and replacing it with something else. Okay? And there is a verse, I think we have the, uh, I, I think I have the actual uh, reference here. But Allah says, if I change something down the road, He said, I change it, not because the person is wrong, because I've got something better for it. So the first one's true, and the second one's true, even though they conflict. Interesting. Uh, makes it very difficult to work uh, in a logical fashion arguing for the Muslim under those circumstances. Especially if they say, well, your book's been changed. So you can't argue from your Bible. If you can't argue from your Bible, just ignore what they say. Okay? Now, in the Bible, do you have a problem if the Bible contradicts itself? Is that a problem to you? Huh? What do you think, Ryan? Do you see, if the Bible says uh, one thing and then it says something totally different somewhere else, and you say it's the inspired word of God, uh, uh, what do you, do you think that's a good thing? Well, so what do we, what do you do? You study out more to see if it really is. Exactly, you study, study, study. For example, let's say they, uh, one place it says there were 23,000 people killed in a day. Uh, and uh, then uh, another place it says there were 24,000 killed. You say, well, what are you going to do? I mean, it's not a big deal, but it's still wrong. But the point is that 23 were killed in a day, but the total was 24. So another thousand was killed after a day. I mean, you know, you know, so you can, you can find a solution. They don't worry about this. 
That's not a problem to them. They said, oh, Allah changed his mind or Allah gave us something better. Now, is the first thing true? Yeah. Is the second thing true? Yeah. But the two things are in conflict. Law of application. Maria's having a tough time trying to figure out how to, how to work on this. It's, it's tough. It's tough dealing with this type of situation because you cannot deal logically with the situation. Now, normally, this means that the more recent writing supersedes the earlier writing. Okay, that's a normal thing. And so what does this mean? In practice, this means that in Medina, where he was a warlord and talked about cut off their necks, cut off their fingertips, okay? But there is no compulsion in religion. Those two things are in conflict. But they're both true. Well, there's no compulsion in religion. Sure, when we are under, and we are like he was in, in Mecca, and we don't have power, there's no compulsion in religion. That's the way it is in the United States today. That's not the way it would be in the United States if the United States has uh, allows most, uh, Islam to grow stronger and stronger and stronger. Once they get up to a certain point, and they, so what they do, and they'll already they're already starting to push, you know. Uh, uh, your Islamophobes, if you don't allow us to have uh, low uh, water to wash our feet in uh, public places. Now, they don't even have them in the Middle East. But what are they doing? They're pushing, pushing, pushing. Uh, getting out uh, in places like Dearborn and other places, getting, uh, having Sharia law in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the city limits. Or getting out and, and stopping your car and having your prayers, and so forth. So, and here it is, Surah 2, 106. This is called Nasik. And this is in contrast with the gradual revelation of the Christianity, of Christian faith. Okay, is there more information about, about God and his nature in the New Testament, the Old Testament, yes, sure there is. We we learn more and more and more and more about God as you walk through the New as you walk through the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's, but there is no conflict; it doesn't contra contradict. Now, trying to argue with Muslims, first of all, they may say <clears throat> that this is um, <clears throat> you're using a translation, or it's not accurate or uh, it's not relevant, and this and so forth. So the idea is, don't focus on the Quran. Focus on the, just stick with the truth of the Bible. So, the Quran is used differently depending on the circumstances. When they're in the minority, you use the Meccan verses, just like Muhammad did. When in the majority, you use the Medina verses. So, Regardless of situation, since Muhammad has been down on the bottom and up on the top, he has a he has a way of handling each, and the Quran talks about it. Pretty sharp, huh? Hmm. So the Quran and all Islam is based on duality. So things can be contradictory and yet both true. Um, what does that do with certain laws of logic? You throw them out. 
So although a verse is abrogated, it is still true, and it can be used in appropriate circumstances. If you work, Weak, use the Medina verses, the Mecca verses rather. If you're strong, the Medina verses. Now, there were many people that were Hafiz who memorized the entire Quran. That is a significant feat. Now, the Quran is a little bit longer than, or, but approximately the same size as the New Testament. So you can see that memorizing the entire New Testament is feasible, but difficult. I would also remind you that people who are illiterate are very good at memorization, much better. And the, farther, the higher your education, the worse usually you are in memorizing. And that has been studied out uh, with oral communication. And I found that uh, when I was in Suriname. Uh, some of our older guys would say, don't you remember what blah, 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 and they'll tell you, oh, this, 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 this. I said, no, I didn't remember that. Look at me. What's wrong with this guy's head? Huh? But, you know, I, I, I kept on going higher and higher and higher in education. My memory, my memorization went down, 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 down. Uh, so, but what happened now is these guys who are, they're getting older and some of them are dying off. Other ones are getting killed. That's not a good thing to have happen to keep your... So they began to get concerned. What's going to happen? Muhammad is dead. This is after Muhammad just died. And the guys who listen to him and memorize it, they're dying off or they're getting old. Maybe they're getting senile or something. And, you know, what are we going to do? So Abu Bakr, who replaced Muhammad, says, Umar, who is going to be the next caliph, collect the data. And so a fellow by the name of Said started putting all the various materials of the Quran in a big pile and gave them to a lady by the name of Hafsa. Hafsa was one of the 11 or so wives of Muhammad. Okay? In fact, she was one of the top four. He had a higher, a first, a top tier, and a second tier of wives. And then concubines were apart. Okay? So Zaid goes to Hafsa, who happens to be the daughter of this guy. So this guy tells his daughter, who happened to be married to uh, Muhammad, Hafsa, hold these for me, bring them all together. And so they begin to get all these pieces of wood, and, or I should say bone and other stuff, and bring them all together uh, to see to get the Quran. Eventually, the Umar dies, and a fellow by the name of Uthman. By the way, you'll learn these names because they're the first four righteous caliphs are important. Abu Bakr uh, is the first caliph. He's the one who gave his daughter at age six to Muhammad. That's Aisha. Okay. Umar gave his daughter to Muhammad. Her name is Hafsa, but she was not age six. She was an adult woman. And I think she had already been married once. Okay, uh, and then Uthman follows Umar, and he puts the, he's going to put the Quran together. Well, what he did was, 
Uh, there were 24 variants, and he chose one out of the 24 and burned all the rest. That's a way to get uniformity. Okay, it would be like, you know, we have 5,000 uh, Greek documents of the New Testament, approximately 5,500. So just imagine that, uh, and some of them are different. So just imagine that we decide, well, this is the one I like, okay? So you bring all those other, and we'll burn up 4,500 of them. I mean, okay? Apparently they had found an ancient copy recently that, that differed from what is considered the classic Quran. Okay, so Uthman now said, Zaid, you've got 24 variants, but he said, let's take those that are in our dialect, the Korash. Remember, that's where they came from. So he took all the things that were in the, Kor the Korash and destroyed all their other copies. Now you say, what kind of proof do you have of that? Uh, is this just Christians talking? It's not Christians talking. Bukhari, uh, who is the most famous guy for holding for traditions, and we'll talk about him uh, next time, Bukhari has this written down in these references. Uh, in his hadiths, which are volumes of traditions, volume 4, book 56, number 709. You mean there are that many books and that many volumes? Oh, yes. Uh, I happen to have Bukhari sitting in my computer. You know, I should say his book is translation of sitting in Bukhari himself is quite dead. Um, but, uh, and you can act, and so there's a huge number of, of we'll talk about that next time. Uh, but Bukhari started with probably 100,000 traditions and trimmed it down. And trimmed it down. Okay, now the Quran is considered the holy, a holy book, and its holiness is intrinsic, that the book itself is holy. It is not just the contents, but the book itself is holy. Okay? In fact, some people have said they look at the Quran like we would look at Jesus. Okay? It's stored in the highest place in the home. Holy hands handle it. Don't hold it below the waist. It's an exact copy of what is in heaven. So think about a Muslim coming to church and uh, among other things, he sees people putting their Bibles under their seat. Or he rides, you pick, give him a ride, pick a ride up, and you fling your Bible into the back seat. He's going to react against that. I mean, not necessarily verbally, but he, I mean, he will notice. And so they do react negatively. Now, I'm going to tell you, uh, okay, uh, a story about how they, I believe, misuse this whole concept. In uh, Nigeria, within the last five, six years, there was a riot. This is how it started. A teacher was having trouble with a student. The student came in said, please put your backpack over there. The student refused. So the teacher got a little bit upset. And so she took 
the backpack. Put it up there. And there was a riot, including killing the teacher. And many homes were destroyed. I think a number of Christians died uh, and churches. Why? Well, I believe it was a setup. But they had put a Quran into the backpack. And they said, this teacher, who is a known Christian, had unholy hands holding the Quran. And so, make an announcement in the, in the mosque, and let's get back. And they all fire up, and uh, they use it as, I would consider, an excuse. And uh, they handle it. Now they said, but why didn't they just kill the teacher if they're going to do something? Because, we'll see as a dimmy, it is considered something that is the entire community is responsible. So if you break the rule, it's not only you that has to pun is punished, but the whole group that you're with. We'll come to that. Now there were special schools. You hear about these hadassas. They're best, basically, they're one of the main things to do is to memorize and say properly the Quran. And if you do your hafiz, and so the education is focused on the Quran, not on other topics. Why do we have trouble understanding Quran? I tried reading it a couple times and gave up. Then I found a uh, version that got rid of the uh, duplications. By the way, apparently 39 references to Moses and, the, and Pharaoh. Uh, and they put it chronologically instead of in numerical. Well, first of all, a true Quran is in Arabic. He said, and there was some resistance to translating it because it's poetry. Okay? You ever see great poetry? You try and translate it or simplify it? Especially you try and put it in a different language? You know, in English, the rhyme is important. The rhythm is important. If you don't have rhythm and rhyme proper, your translation is not good. Okay. Now, in the Hebrew language, it's, rep it's repetition, which makes it much easier to translate. See, much easier to translate. Okay. Now they have translated it more recently, and in fact, in my computer, I have three trans uh, three different translations. Uh, in English of the Quran. They do not call this the Quran or the, even the Quran in English. They call it, they got, for instance, uh, Marmaduke uh, Pickham, uh, who translated the meaning of the glorious Quran. That's what was translated. In other words, he isn't even claiming that it is an exact translation, if you follow what I'm saying. But So they're, they're very fussy about it. Uh, okay, it's not in time sequence, and if you don't know your Muslim history, uh, and and if you don't figure out what it's talking about, very difficult. And sometimes the surah themselves are inconsistent and difficult to understand. Now, the Shiite group claims that Uthman took 25% of the original Quran out to show that Ali should have followed Muhammad rather than Abu Bakr. By the way, uh, do you, what is the name of the current caliph? Al-Baghdadi. Mm -hmm. 
the Abu Bakr of Baghdad. Okay? Just like you had, uh, uh, who was it, uh, uh, Augustine of Hippo, that's the one at South, and Augustine of Canterbury. Of some, you know, and we have Clement of Alexandria, and you know, to separate them out. So he said, "Okay, I'm the Al I'm the Abu Bakr that happens to be uh, from uh, uh, that happens to be in Baghdad." And he took that name. Okay, he took that name. Uh, the uh, one family we're working with, the mother's name is Mariam. Okay, that's taken after who? Mary, the mother of Jesus. Okay, Mariam. Oldest son's name is Muhammad. His their first daughter's name is Khadija. Then uh, the second one is Mukhtar, but he's named after an uncle. And then Abraham, Abraham, and Hamza. What are they doing? They're taking all their heroes and putting their names in. Of course, we do the same thing. <clears throat> like um, the Wilkerson's. Uh, sons who are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Okay? Okay? Now, they claim that Uthman took 25% out of the original Quran to allow them him to show himself. Ali, by the way, replaced, uh, I shouldn't say replaced, followed uh, Uthman after Uthman was killed. But, they, but Aisha said, uh, or others said, the reason that Uthman did that was to hold his own position as caliph. He actually pulled money, stuff out of the, the Quran. Aisha said that Surah 33 had over 200 verses. In the Quran, it has 73. So there's some question about the Quran as to how well preserved it is uh, and some arguments over it. Now, how does the Quran look at the Bible? It's not fulfilled and corrupt at its core was divinely given but corrupted by humans namely Jews and Christians and the Quran came to correct and supplement it but it cannot be changed however at the same time you'll find places in the in the Quran that say if you don't know something's true go to the people of the book the Jews and the Christians see what's written there so the Quran is inconsistent as far as its view is this, that is concerned. Okay, here are a few conflicts of the Quran and the Bible. Uh, in the Quran, Noah's, one of Noah's sons drowned. He said, come on in, come on in. He said, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm going to climb the highest mountain. And that was it. Uh, the Quran states specifically that Abraham sacrificed Ishmael, not Isaac. Not surprising, since they know they came from Ishmael. Okay. The Quran also states that Jesus spoke as an infant out of, uh, uh, while he was in the cradle. Uh, and as a child, he made a clay bird, clapped his hand, and it came to life. These are old traditions that apparently were picked up. The most important is this. Jesus never died on the cross. The Jews only thought they crucified him. That is Surah 4, verse 1, uh, Ayat, or uh, verses 156, 157. And that is a very important thing. Of course, if man is only weak and needs to be reminded by prophets, then he doesn't need a savior. 
So they believe that Jesus, that God changed someone else to look like Jesus, probably Judas, and that the wrong person was crucified, and that Jesus was taken directly to heaven. That's what they believe. Okay, a few other conflicts. They say it was Pharaoh's daughter, not his wife, that adopted Moses. They said that the Christians say that uh, the Trinity includes Marian, Mary. There is an aberrant sect that teaches that, and in fact, the Catholic Church is coming closer and closer to that position as time goes on. Okay, they said that Haman was a servant of Pharaoh and built the Tower of Babel. Well, that's a little bit different. Okay, and that the Samaritans built the Golden Calf. That's also a little bit different, a few hundred years off uh, and different locations. Okay. Furthermore, Saul led Gideon's army. That's kind of interesting. And that blood is unimportant to Allah. Okay? There are also some internal conflicts. How many angels showed up the Annunciation of Mary? That's not really very important. How long Allah's day is? Who takes the soul at death? Heaven or earth, which is older? One says one and one says the other. And how many days of creation they were? It's interesting they had six days or eight days. Well, if you just add the two together and divide by two, you come up with the right answer. <laughs> uh, Muslims in hell. I had to change this from the original that I, I was taught. When I went back and looked in the uh, Quran, I do have a copy of the Quran at home, but I don't carry it around all the time. I uh, don't want to start a riot. Okay? Uh, but in this surah, uh, it does say that all Muslims will see hell, but many people will say, no, the martyrs go directly to paradise if you uh, die as a shahid. Uh, and so I went down, the, the Quran copy that I have uh, in English has a number of interpretations there, and they said there are three ways to interpret this verse. Also, how is man created? In one place it says it's a clot of blood, they also say he was created out of dust, out of earth, out of water, and created ex nihilo, out of nothing. So you have different places that you have conflicts. Okay, punishment of adultery is variable. You want to get the guy that gives you the lightest punishment. Uh, and uh, the question is, is shirk that is claiming to be God or by idol worship unforgivable? And we know that Abraham was a polytheist and the Quran agrees with that actually. Uh, a thing that you will see uh, quite frequently if you're looking at the Quran is it will use the majestic plural. That is, if Allah will use the word we or us. He does not use that in the sense that there is multiplicity of people. It's just a way of expressing majesty like we capitalize the word, the word God uh, in our letter, in, in, and that I, I had a pronoun, for example, God said this and he, then I would capitalize the he. Okay? Say, when they use the word that, that often means recite to the people. Verses are in sentences, but often not a complete idea. Sometimes if you group them into paragraphs, they will that will help you to understand what's going on. Okay? This is the trilogy, the three most important documents of, the, of, of, of Islam. Okay? The Sirah is the history of? 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 Yes, 
I hear you say that? But I can hardly hear you. Muhammad, okay? Sirah, okay? The Quran we're looking at today, that leaves behind the Hadith, okay? That is the traditions of Muhammad. The, the, you will see that the Quran spends a lot of time talking about how to handle kafirs, that's you and me, unbelievers, but not much about how to do things. The traditions tell a whole lot about how to do things, like uh, all sorts of things, even how to go to the bathroom, even how to, which shoe to put on first, and this and that, because Muhammad is a perfect example, and you do it like him. Muhammad puts his right shoe on, and then your left. So what should you do? Put your right shoe on, and your left. Okay? So the Quran focuses a great deal on treatment of kafirs, but doesn't say anything about the five pillars of Islam, doesn't say anything about the details of prayer, and those things are picked up in the hadith. And so without the hadith, you would be hard-pressed to know as a Muslim how to work. But the hadith are traditions about the life of Muhammad that tell you those type of things. The Quran is very rep repetitious, 39 times reference to Muhammad and, uh, I'm sorry, this is a mistake, Moses and Pharaoh. And the, many of the stories which occur there are rewritten so that it seems like the person, the prophet comes. The people don't listen to the prophet and so God punishes them. And that theme comes over and over and uh, that's what they're trying to do. And that they will say also, of course, is true of Muhammad. And, for example, in the Battle of England, the prophet was there. He told you how to win the battle. You didn't listen. You got greedy. You left your post. And we lost. That's your fault. Now, are there any questions on uh, anything we've talked about on the Quran thus far here? Yes? Are Muslims Uh, how much they're aware, I don't know. You know, as uh, someone, uh, I think Daniel, I think was making a comment about the same thing. Uh, you know, he wonders how many are aware of what you're aware of today. But I said, that's probably true, but how many Christians are, quote unquote Christians, are aware of the Bible? If you just go to the, to, you can even go to my church, where I've taught for 25 years. Now I hope that's not, not true now, but it, you could ask a lot of people if, if uh, you know, baptism would save you, and I would not want to bet on how many people would give you the right answer. Even though they've been told time after time after time that that is the case, especially if you've been grown up in a tradition. It's set in your, it's set in your mind. And I can remember going through with baptism, for example, and I went through, you know, uh, you know, you're saved by faith. Yes, no, yes, ma'am. Uh, good works don't get you saved. No, no, that doesn't do it. Uh, you know, and then this and this and this and this. So real baptism, you have to accept Jesus Christ. Yes, but, uh, and so forth. So your child who was sprinkled by the, by the priest really hasn't been baptized. Yes, master, and so forth. So I said, uh, do you, are you ready now? This child truly accepted Jesus Christ to have him baptized? I don't look about it. It's baptized already. You know, you've gone through the whole thing. And it's just filtered. And I think we all tell, tend to filter to a certain extent. So uh, how much they are aware of, uh, I don't know. I would think a lot of the ones here, 
here we talk to don't really know. They'll say it's a peaceful religion, make all those comments because they've never really studied the Quran. Exactly. And some of them, when they see what is happening to uh, ISIS, some of them, say, many of them will say, oh, that's not our religion. But if they read and study it, they say, oh, these guys are practicing what really Islam practices. Then you've got two choices. You either reject it and accept Christianity, or you join ISIS. <laughs> you know, if you really want to be serious. And they say some areas are seeing a lot of conversions of Muslims because, because of that. Because of that. That fundamental Muslim teaching actually is what ISIS is in, in practice. And when they practice, they will tell you. You know, they sent warnings before they, they hit the uh, Twin Tower. I think I mentioned that before. Uh, don't you remember that there was a notice from them not too long ago? We're going to do something in Florida. You can expect it. Yeah, they sent it. was on the news. They're, they're threatening to do something in Florida. They're going to do this last, uh, I think, about the turn of the year. And a, a month or two later, the guy comes into that gay bar and kills 40-some people. Did they know ahead of time? Sure they did. But, the, but the, the Islam says, when you commit this, you warn them first and give them a chance to surrender. If they don't want to surrender, then you fight. So that's what they did. did the same thing as the now you don't you don't tell them exactly what you're gonna do, because if you tell them what you're gonna do, you're not gonna be able to do it. But uh, but they hold they hold many of the rules the same. And when they burned this guy alive for uh, uh, the uh, Jordanian that they caught who had uh, he had, had to bail out of his plane, they burned him alive. They said, Well, the reason we're doing this is when you bomb people, uh, and you blew up those places, the people inside were burned up, alive. So we're just doing to you what you did to us. Not very nice. Okay. Brad, if you would pray for us. Amen. So I have a great day. Fundamental, those are Islamic, pure Islamic stuff. Okay. 
See, I've never heard of that. That was new. Yeah. So, um, and those are the three. Well, just going over it in um, comparative world religion. So, um, yeah, those are the, uh, and so what uh, this one guy who uh, has done a lot of translation work and so forth uh, has wanted to do is he said, go back to the original stuff. Don't talk about, you know, when they, when they talk to you about, well, that's not real, real Islam and so forth, go back to their original basis. These are the original things that are going to hold you. They said that, so I don't remember what you're talking about. Oh, that's that's not what you're talking about. You said, you were not there. That's because they don't know. They're supposed to go to the house. So they're not really practicing. Not this way. Not this way. Any of those houses. She rarely ever went to the but she was a Muslim culturally, but she would be horrified yeah. if you tried to tell her that that's what they believe. Yeah. And she she agreed at anything we gave her, but she said, I've been a Muslim all my life. I, the thing I was really sad about is we didn't tell her that her husband yeah, was dying, and he wanted to we talk just with moved me. In the area. And he said he would like to have talked to me, but nobody ever told me. See, we he died within our first couple months in that neighborhood. He saw the car that said Babel Baptist Care, the you know the Bible Baptist, Baptist Church. Church, and he said, "Boy, I'd like to talk to that pastor sometime." This she told us afterward. Mm -hmm. We don't know what he wanted to talk about, but no, no, I talked to a Hindu lady quite a bit. Yeah. Um, uh, she said, she, she said, like really oh, accepted yeah. Jesus Christ. Her husband died uh, of diabetes, and uh, he said, if I really accept Jesus. Then I would. Oh yeah, you're talking about the one. Yeah, down the down the street of. Yeah. Uh, like, she would lose everything. My family would reject her. I wouldn't have any place. Lose my house. Lose my job. Lose my uh, business. Very Thank you. That's a that's a real teacher. I think they're doing that for the banquet, maybe. Is that for the banquet? Oh, for the wedding, maybe. Uh, no, for Valentine. Valentine. Oh, fun, fun oh, stuff. That's right. Because he's ahead uh, of the classes. Did your fiance come here? She's gonna be here a week after. Oh, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. That might be more. Yeah. Have a good day, Dylan. I got it.
So when he pulled things out, finally broke it loose and something, something else to hold something unscrewed was not working right. And so he said, so he said, it was a challenge. And he's an electrician, professional electrician. So if uh, it was a challenge for him. And what would it been for you? Uh, called, uh, yes, somewhere between disaster and impossibility. <laughs> so anyway, I have another I have this projector available should you need it. Oh, okay. Thank you. And uh, the same way, and I thought, well, it's worth it to, to invest, you know, 75 bucks. You know, for 75 bucks, it's worth investing. And then if I have two classes simultaneously and I need projectors for both, you know, during the block course, they're there. So anyway, coming out of the same pot and we're going to enjoy ourselves. Well, how you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. How about you? You know, the war has been very good to us. Oh. Very, very good. 